Welcome to Word of God Broadcast with Pastor Opie Swells from Multitudes Church in Laurenburg, North Carolina. Our prayer is that your heart will be like moistened soil, ready to receive the seed from God's Holy Word. Now, today's message.
Hallelujah. Come on, say his name. Jesus. Uh, say his name, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I'm telling you, when you call his name, your mountain will move. You say, Jesus, your wall will fall. Some of you need to call his name. I'm telling you, there's, I don't know how many, if it's one or two, but there's somebody in here, and he really, 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 he wants to minister to you today. Thank you, Jesus. Say, say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. When you speak his name, healing can happen. Bless the Lord. I want you to think about, I want us to do something. Is it okay if we just take time and praise the Lord today? I want you to do something. That song says something very powerful. It says, that line, it says, I speak Jesus for my family. And we have family members that need Jesus. 
and we have prodigals in our families that need to rededicate their life to Jesus. Now, there might you know who those folks are. There might be one person that really sticking out to you right now. And I want you to sing this. We're going to sing this shout, Jesus. We're going to shout, Jesus. And I want you to shout, Jesus, for that family member that's laid on your heart right now. I want you to shout, Jesus, for that person. God's letting you know already. He's laid somebody already on a lot of his hearts. I want you to shout, Jesus, for him. In the 35th chapter of Exodus, we are going to be looking at what happened immediately after God gave Moses the instructions for the constructions, furnishings of the tabernacle and as far as the wardrobe of the priesthood. One thing that I love about the God that I serve, God will always give lavish instructions 
to, for the most part, broke, emptied, poor people. And if you read, if you've read this with us during our Bible reading, you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about stones that I've never seen with my eyes before. Linen that I've never even touched with my hands before. Yet the king of glory, almighty God, this is what he he listed out first. He gave the instructions. He gave the furnishings first to Moses. He says, this is what's going to be used for me, to glorify me. This is what I want you to use, nothing else. Then after he does that, he lays all of that out. If you're not familiar, again, I want you to go read this. Chapter 34, 35 is right after, you know, the second set of Ten Commandments have been written. Then God talks about all of this and I, I want to really start with verse 1 of chapter 35, and then we're going we're gonna to skip, and we're going to look at some other things, because everything God said first caused a response that I want to focus on today. So verse 1 of chapter 35 says, And Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said unto them, These are the words which the Lord hath commanded that you should do them. Six days shall work be none, but on the seventh day there shall be to you an holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. Ye shall kindle no fire throughout your habitations upon the Sabbath day. And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. And this is who he says to take it from. Whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it. An offering of the Lord. And then he starts listing the things. But I I will note the conclusion of that verse. He starts off by naming those things as gold and silver and brass. I just think it's so worth mentioning before I read any more scripture, that that's why God always evaluates my heart before I render anything to him. Because he tells us to give, not grudgingly, and you know this, but cheerfully. God says there is no way, because see, when you don't give out of pure love and sincerity, then that's that's carnal in the eyes of God. So God says, I want you to take up an offering, but only get it from people that's got a willing heart. Not a fat pocketbook, not a skinny pocketbook. Only people who have a willing heart because that's the only thing that I bless. That's the only thing that I stretch and multiply. That kind of is a... A a whole separate sermon by itself. But I'm going to go on, and I want to take you over to verse 21 now. And they came. Everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all his service, and for the holy garments. I told you the wardrobe was included. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets and jewels of all gold. And every man that offered, offered 
an offering of gold to the Lord. Then, over to verse 29, the children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring. So I stop right there to say, if I'm kind of dissecting this scripture, it tells me in order for me to be a, a willing giver, that it's all related to my heart. That's what God just said anyway. Every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And if I was to go back to the very first scripture that we read and to that one right there, if you kept up with it, you notice that God used in this chapter the word willing four times. I think that's something that I need to kind of focus myself on because only people that were willing to do this. Now, we don't have this recorded in Scripture, but we just know how man is because we just happen to be man. Everybody wasn't willing. Everybody's heart didn't make them willing because God would not have said only those who were willing if everybody was willing. He would have just simply said everybody. Wouldn't he? I mean, come on. Yeah, he would have done that. But if you read verse 30 and 31, this is just kind of something that I just think you need to think about later. Because this kind of goes with this message, but it fits with another message even better, I think. Because verse 30, let me read it and then I'll just, I'll just elaborate on it one second. Moses said to the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Ur, of the tribe of Judah. And he hath filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. So what I want to say that I didn't read right there that's, that's already uh, noted is that the person that God chose to be over all the craftsmanship and the workmanship of not only the furnishings but the wardrobe was a man that was full of the Spirit of God. So I want to tell you something. If you're a young person that's aspiring to do things or you got your mind set on new goals if you're an older person or whatever, it doesn't hurt you one bit to be filled with the Spirit of God, with the Holy Ghost, to get an edge that everybody else will not have. You're going to have an edge, and I just read that to you verbatim, when you allow your vessel to be full of the Spirit of God, and you trust this preacher, your vessel is full of something. And so is mine. So I see that all of the people that were willing and willing-hearted even gave and even brought gold. And, you know, we just need to kind of go ahead and make this something that we just kind of chew on all day long. You know, when God gets around some willing people after he says what he wants to do, and he finds willing people or a willing person, the sky is not even the limit. Amen? Because you're talking about a limitless God who uses a willing person to do limitless things. And that, by the way, is still happening where it is allowed today in 2024. It is. People got excited when they heard what God was going to do. See, there wasn't a temple. There wasn't a wardrobe for the priests. God, you mean you're going to do this right now? God says yes, and I'm going to use willing people to do it with. And I'm telling you, I told you about sharing a while ago, but God is breaking out everywhere that people will allow him to be broken out upon them on right now all over the earth to do things 
because we're out of time, church, and we've just got to do some research within ourselves. Am I just willing to let God do what he wants to do in my life with everything I have and with everything I am? And that's only a question you can answer, by the way. So when I go to chapter 36, God kind of zeroes in even more on this, all right? And I don't want to leave it out. So I want to go to chapter 36, but I want to start with verse 3. And they received of Moses all the offering which the children had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary to make it with them. And they brought yet unto him free offerings. Here's some troubling words right here. Every morning. Did everybody catch that? People online, I hope you heard those two words. Every morning. And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came every man from his work which they made and they spake unto Moses saying this. I hope you're sitting down. The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. Because when God moved upon people and their hearts were stirred, they just started emptying themselves out to the point where it literally became a logistics problem, meaning they ran out of space to put money and to put gold and to put rubies and all kinds of jewels that people brought. They ran out of places to put them, and they had to notify Moses to tell him, hey, man, these people are so on board with God, they've given more than we've got room. That sounds real familiar to me, by the way, with another passage I'll read to you later. And verse 6 says this, and Moses gave commandment. And they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing for the stuff. I'm glad King James even believed King James Version. He didn't write it, but I'm glad this version even uses the word stuff way back then because all of us, Dignified rednecks, we understand stuff, don't we? Yes, we do. Amen, Brother Swales. For the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it and too much. Now, I've been preaching a long time. To me, it's been a long time. I've been pastoring a long time. I've had to do a lot of things. But I, I've thought about this thing a lot. Well, I ain't even had to think about it a lot, to be honest with you. I've never had to stop people from bringing. Now, we did when we had the thrift store. Because y'all know what people brought. They brought stuff. Oh, but the stuff they brought. I'm not exaggerating. Required a construction dumpster to get rid of it. But I've never had to do that. But I don't think the day is over with yet. And if you think you know exactly what I'm talking about today, just hold, hold on. We're not through yet. Because I want to tell you, people got behind what God was doing and what God said he was going to do. He told them, and then... You see, can, I, I need to say this. I don't want to lose my place. If God would have said, I want y'all to go get straw, because see, they were used to straw and bricks, because that's what they were making every day under Egyptian bondage and slavery. But if God said, I want you to go get mud, I want you to go get some straw, and I want you to just go get some rocks, some pebbles, and that's what we're going to build my house out of. Everybody would have jumped in probably. 
because everybody had their hands on straw and mud for the most part at a particular time in their life. But see, when God said, I'm going to do this first, and then he said, by the way, you are how I'm going to pay for it. Then, right then, he narrowed down how many people. And it's not maybe because they didn't have it, but because how many people just really believed God and was going to do what God was going to do, be a part of it. And this is how God's always taken care of his work. You've heard me say God will provide, and I know, man, I am really, really got some super-sized training wheels on with this message, but we're, we're, we're going there, okay? But I want to go to Philippians chapter 4 right quick because I want you to hear from the lips of Paul how this just continued to take place. For even in Thessalonica, this is verse 16, you sent once and again unto my necessity. And now Paul says it, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account, meaning because I didn't need it, but I knew that God was going to bless you and hook you up if you gave to the cause. A free will offering is what he was saying. So I said, let's do it because I know you're going to get really blessed. And I love to see you blessed. And so verse 18 says, but I have all, Paul said, and abound. I am full having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you when you took up the other offering. An odor because it was a free offering, a Free will offering. And because it was a free will offering, it was an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And then you know verse 19, and he tells us why people give free will offerings. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. You bring it. But he's going to make it happen according to his riches and not my resources. Amen. That's why God's work always gets done. It doesn't matter if it's small or if it's tall. It's according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now, I've been talking about how they constructed the temple, how they made the furnishings. It was through willing people. I want to point this out first. God did not tell Moses to take up a tithe. A tithe is a first fruit. Really quick. When the crops came in or the first out of a, out of a herd that was born, God said the first fruit, the first reaping that is mine, that is to be brought to me, it's mine, and you are giving it back to me. I gave you the whole crop. I gave you the whole herd, but I want the first part of that is mine, always. That's never changed, church, never. So God said, Moses, collect the offering because the tithe is mine for other things. So we need an offering to do this. I bet a bunch of y'all think I'm about to take up an offering today. You're wrong, I'm not. You might think that something's broken. We need to pay for it. There's always something broke, but that ain't what I'm talking about today. So God says, take up an offering. And God knew because of Philippians 4.19, he was going to supply all the need. He just wanted willing people that understood the vision so he could bless whatever they brought. So let me explain this because somebody here, somebody online may not understand this, all right? When God said, bring me an offering, I don't know if everybody understands it. A tithe is a tenth, okay? And I, I usually like to do a lot of this stuff in January during the fast, but we're talking about it today because God said to. But that ain't all. If on your birthday, let, let me explain this to you because a lot of people, they, they go to church all over the world every Sunday. 
they do honor God by giving him back their first fruit. But they're giving God back something that's his. God blessed. God called more, calls more than enough from an offering, not a tithe. However, he said in Malachi 3.10, if you bring all the tithe in the storehouse, I'll open up windows. You won't have enough room to receive it. But in here, he said, if you bring an offering, I'm going to even have to make a commandment that you stop bringing because it's way too much. So let me put it in, I, I, I'm going to try to frame it in this context right here. So I, I, got, I got a frame right here that I, I'm going to put it in in a minute, and I know where it is too. It's your birthday, all right? And you might say, well, what's wrong with me just paying or giving tithe or wherever you are online, whatever church you're affiliated with? What's wrong with that? Well, God does certain things with tithe, but to do the extraordinary extra thing with the tabernacle and the wardrobe, he required an offering. And this is what the difference is right here. If it's your birthday and I come up to you and I'm going to say, hey, can I borrow your phone on your birthday? Can I borrow your phone? Uh, and you say, sure. You can borrow my phone. You say, you can. I said, I need to make a call. And you say, well, you, you can even take it. And uh, if you need to send somebody a text or email, I, I don't even care if you get on my Amazon account and, and buy something small. You can use my phone. All right? If I take your phone on your birthday, and I use it, and then when I get through with it, I take it, and I give it back to you on your birthday, and then I walk away. Have I given you anything for your birthday? Answer me. Have I given you anything for your birthday? Everybody, did I give you anything for your birthday? What did I do? I just returned something back to you that you loaned me. But I didn't give you anything for your birthday. It was on your birthday. Great is thy faithfulness is one of my favorite old hymns. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. I quote the scripture to you all the time. This is the day the Lord has made. Every day, I know we talk about Christmas the 25th, but every day is a birthday because Jesus is alive every day. Every day of your life, Jesus is alive. So it doesn't matter if it's one Sunday. They brought every morning and all that. If I just give God tithe back, I'm not making great strides in the kingdom. I'm doing things. Light bills are getting paid. Uh, insurance, small things are getting fixed and all that. But God, I'm not doing anything extra special, not for the church, but for God. I'm not doing anything, you see. You might say, well, why, why are you preaching about this today? You better ask him. I got a bank account like you that he's looking at. I'm not really talking about just money, though, and I'll show you, okay? Because an offering is what God is. I think God's missing in the entire body of Christ today. Because, see, when, when I pay a tithe, money right now, when I'm paying a tithe, I'm, I've already have in mind what that is. It's already prefigured for me, amen, because it's a what? Hint. But if I give a free will offering, I see that a free will, a free will offering can be an unimaginable amount, especially if you compound it every day. That's what these people did. Now, I'm about to throw a huge curveball in a minute because right now I probably, for the most part, the whole church is just thinking about, I'm taking, uh, talking about taking up more offering money every week. I mean, please help yourself out right quick and help God out and just listen because what God's saying is he's looking for willing hearts in the closing moments of this earth. And one of the things a willing heart will do will let go of things that can make the word of God and the kingdom beautiful and, and do great and mighty things. And this is applicable for people all over the world. So I'm not just preaching to you today. But when you just stay focused on tithing every week, 
And you never say, but see, we spend, and I didn't mean to bring up Amazon a while ago, but we spend, we, we subconsciously purchase stuff almost every day. Amen, church? Uh, y'all, you don't have to, you don't have to amen a dang today. I'll tell you, you do it. Every day, you buy something somewhere. Every day, you, for the most part, buy something somewhere. And I do too. And again, it sounds like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm talking about an attitude right now. I'm talking about a willing heart right now. And, and when I just give this to God like this, I'm just giving him back something every single Sunday that's already his. That's already his. But then I keep hounding away and knocking away and tell him financially, if you will, all I want God to do in my life. But I'm not just talking about offering in the sense of money today. Because there's another way. When I talk about my resources, there's another part of me called my soul, my spirit. And I feel like for me anyway, church, I've been doing just a lot of tithing with that. I pray about needs. I think about things in church. But during the week, every day of my life, my mind is on other things. Not saying sinful, wrong things. But if I compare, am I living every day of my life with a, offering attitude or am I living my life every day with a, a tithe attitude I'm just giving I pray over my food you know what I mean I pray that I'll have a good day I pray that I'll get a good report but I'm just really tithing you see I'm tithing with my soul and spirit I'll read a little bit of the the church daily reading or the Bible verse which I forgot and we'll do it at the end I'll do that, but really, the rest of the time, I'm talking about everything from fantasy football to what's going on uh, in somebody else's life and every other vain thing you can think about. Do you follow me yet? And then probably, this is the hardest part of the offering. Not even the money. Not even this part where I can think on things above, where I can meditate on the Lord, where I can pray without ceasing. See, that's offering because, see, all that's free will. I'm just doing that all the time. It don't even involve me. I'm praying about your needs. I'm praying about breakthrough in your life. I'm praying that God's name would be glorified in my plant, in my office, in my school, in my college, in my, in my neighborhood. I'm praying about that all day long. See, that's free will offering type praying, and God loves that because you're doing more than just a, the required little basic part. And the, the hardest part is the last part, you see, because it's not, even though a lot of people are bound by money, a lot of people are just preoccupied with everything else. Their mind is on everything else. When you come down to it at the end of the day, we got to talk for just a minute about tithing when it comes to our, our bodies, you see. Because that's what's bothering. That's what's hindering the gospel going out at a rate that it should be going out. It's the fact that the world has conditioned us to have a tithe mentality when it comes to our bodies. And you all know this scripture because you memorized it. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And you see, that's how things, that's why next Sunday will make a whole lot more sense about this type of offering because I've got to get to a place where my heart is willing 
and I hear what God wants to do in these last days. I want to pour out my spirit on your sons and on your daughters. Old men see young men dream dreams. I want to see what God can do in these last days. And so when I understand what God has told me he's going to do, my heart gets excited and I start giving God more than just Sunday morning attendance or a little bit of prayer or just a tenth of my finances. I give God all of me. Whatever is going on in the kingdom, whatever's going on in the church, whatever I can do with my body, whether it's pass out tracks at work, come to church on Wednesday night, come to prayer, come to men's, go to youth, anything that's coming to night of worship or anything that we're going to talk about next week, I am doing it. And when I do that, God sees, okay, that's free will offering right there because everybody, even sinners, do a tent and go to church because it makes them feel religious and it makes them feel right. But if you want to find a hardcore somebody, you find a saint that they just happy about what God said he's going to do and you find them when they should be out here doing stuff in the world, but no, their bodies are living sacrifices. Those are the things that God smiles on, and those are the people that God does great and mighty things with and for that you know not of. But it only comes from an every morning offering type of attitude. In just a few minutes, we're going to receive communion. And when we do this, and they're going to come down from upstairs. Because I'm telling you, church, that there's no way, no way, this last reaping of this harvest is going to get done with anything less than a willing heart, an offering lifestyle attitude. And I'm going to tell you this. I I speak for preachers in this county, and I know I speak for a lot of them all over the earth. It seemed like over the past 20 years, the new thing is to see what all I can get out of doing at church. What the offering mentality says, let me see what all I can get into in church. And see, the devil, he will will use your body. Now, I know this is going to be thick right here, but he he will... and you'll think I'm picking on you or it or something. He will in your mind convince you it's okay for you to run with your children and your family and lifestyles and doing this and that. He will keep you run ragged, busy, your body being offering, doing all these other things. But when it comes to doing stuff for God, he'll say, well, you don't, all you need to do is just tithe your body with God. Because I'm going to hog up all the offering of your body doing these other things. I don't care what anybody really thinks right now that don't love Jesus, but the people that love Jesus in this room right here, you know that God loves it when you fall head over heels for Him. Amen? Before we end our broadcast today, I just want to ask you a simple question. Do you know Jesus Christ? Not do you go to church, not do you have a cross in your home, but do you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, meaning that you realize you were born into a world of sin and you are a sinner, and you violated the law of God and you stored up wrath, and for that, You feel bad and so bad that you've asked Him to forgive you and you've changed your way of living to reflect following Christ. If you haven't done that, that's exactly what this entire broadcast is about. It's not about a bunch of people or a bunch of money or attending our church, but it's asking you this question, are you ready to meet the Lord face to face? and give an account for your life. If you have not done that, or you're not sure, we need to pray right now. And the prayer doesn't have to be a lengthy prayer or an intelligent prayer, but it has to be a prayer of faith from your heart. And 
have to pray. You can pray in your own words, but you must realize during the course of your prayer that without the forgiveness of God Almighty, that there is no way you'll have peace with God now or for all eternity. So I want to pray for you, God. I pray for every person listening right now. Lord, that they would understand that it's not your will for any to perish, but for all to have everlasting life. And I'm asking you, oh God, to help my friends right now that may be praying to know that you are waiting. You stand at the door. You said in Revelation 3, you stand at the door and knock. You're waiting on us. And help them to know, Lord, when they call on you, that they can be saved and they will be saved when they pray from their heart and they make up their mind that they're going to follow you. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, you are now a child of the Most High God. Not only do you have an advocate, not only do you have a friend right now that sticks closer than a brother, but you got the hope of heaven one day. And for that, I am so glad. If you prayed that prayer today, why don't you just take just a moment, if you don't mind, and uh, reach out to us at multitudeschurch.com forward slash uh, saved, S-A-V-E-D. Or you can send us the, a text that just says saved to 910-400-1199. That's the word saved to 910-411199. Listen. We'd like to help you out on your journey, and there's no strings attached. We just want you to know we're trying to finish our course and fulfill the Great Commission, and you're part of that. So let us pray for you, and if you have any kind of prayer request, why don't you uh, share that with us? Uh, we will not reach back out to you and ask you for anything, uh, but you're welcome to email us and let us know what your prayer need is right now, and that's just a simple email uh, to prayer at multitudeschurch.com. Thank you again for being a part of our broadcast, and we look forward to seeing you in heaven one day for all eternity. Thank you for being a part of our broadcast today. If you would like more information about our church or to watch entire services, please visit us online at multitudeschurch.com. You can also find us on most social media platforms.